Dirty Thursday with the Bullring Boys. Welcome, everybody. World of Outlaw Sprint Car Announcer Hall of Famer Johnny Gibson on the show today from Florida. We'll be talking with Johnny in just a couple of minutes. Your show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And make sure you call Executive Properties, too, for snow removal, all right? If you uh, want to call us or text us, have any questions for Johnny Gibson, our number, 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. And before we get going, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Speaking of Florida, uh, my wife told me she wanted to travel. Yeah, my wife says oh. I want to. I want to travel, so I told her uh, grab a basketball and take three steps. <laughs> John did not. I saw Johnny leave his head back. He's like, oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping she's not watching because I will get a text if she is. Johnny, how are you, man? <laughs> oh. oh. Finally, kicking off the 2024 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where are you right now? I am in the parking lot of Volusia Speedway Park in Barberville, Florida. We actually have sprint cars on track tonight. It's the uh, germ-free Southern Sprint Car Shootout for 360 sprint cars, USCS sanctioned. Tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, it's the richest race in USCS history. Wow. A $10,000 top prize on Saturday oh, night. Wow. Of course, you can catch all the action live on Dirt Vision. Yeah, how about that? That's yeah, awesome. That's worth a round of applause. Heck yeah. So, how are you doing? Yeah, how's the off season treating you? The off season's been uh, interesting, but good. Um, you know, spent some time in Pennsylvania with my dad, and uh, did Thanksgiving there, and got to see some old friends, and then Christmas with my girlfriend and her family in Kansas. And uh, when it got to be uh, a little chilly in Kansas, that's when it was time to head south to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> when you say a little chilly, how chilly was a little chilly? Uh, when they were talking about temperatures below zero yeah. for sustained days, it was, it was time to hit south. That's awesome. Um, do you still have your travel partner with you, your cat? Yep, in fact, right uh, there, right back here. Yep. Oh, there you go. Oh, there it is. There That's go. cool. Now, now, people yep. that don't know you, um, when I mentioned your travel partner, you basically live in a motorhome. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. I live in my motorhome uh, 24-7, 365. I've done that for the last nine years. It just makes more sense to do it this way. The The last time I had a house or apartment, I was actually living in the Twin Cities area. I was living in Shelby, wow. Minnesota, and uh, I was home 89 nights the entire year. Oh, wow. wow. And, yeah. and, and, you know, the thing is, you look at your motorhome, or you can look at the background where you're at, and, and that looks like it's a pretty swanky ride you got there. It's not bad for something that's uh, more than 20 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's perfect, especially when you talk about... Living in quarters with uh, not being at home, I mean, it's perfect to have a home on wheels. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's made a huge difference in uh, 
my attitude being on the road. I really wish I would have done this 15 years earlier. Oh, sure. But it is so nice to be able to have home with me wherever I go, being able to come back to the motorhome, even on race day, just for that 10 minutes before we get the show started. Mm. Uh, a chance to change clothes, refresh, grab something to eat, and not have to eat track food everywhere I go. Yeah, and yeah. Be able to uh, you know, have my home with me. Whenever I'm on the road. Yeah, you know, awesome. speaking of track food, um, I am asked this because I do high school hockey games and I go from different arena to different arena. But is there a racetrack, Johnny, that you think has the most best, the, the most incredible, best oh, tasting food out there? I'm not sure if there's a particular track. There are certain tracks that have certain things that I really look forward to when I go there. Uh, now, having said that, I, I try to eat at home most of the time, but there are those tracks where... Uh, you know, I, I definitely need to, to to get something special while I'm at that track. Um, the the pizza burgers at Eldora, mm. um, boy, with Devil's Bowl Speedway being gone now, I'll really miss the burritos at Devil's Bowl Speedway. Oh wow! Um, you go to Pennsylvania Brickers French fries at the racetracks out there. Uh, the barbecue sandwich at River City Speedway. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So do you actually get an off-season? Do you get a winter break? Do you get a little bit of time to actually just kick back and relax and not think about racing? Well, I'm not sure there's ever a time where I'm not thinking about racing. But, yeah, I, I basically have from the, say, the week after World Finals in November until – Right around now. Now, I did come here to Florida in December as well for the battle at Barberville, a 360 race that they had here uh, in December. Not as an announcer. In fact, I won't be announcing this weekend either, but I'll be in the booth as part of the race direction team. So uh, a little bit different, a chance to kind of spread my wings a little bit. And I I think it's really good for a race announcer to be able to do other things as well and get a, a better appreciation yep. for the officials and for the crew members, for the drivers, all of that sort of thing. So I think it, it makes me a better announcer being able to do some different things at non-World of Outlaws races. Oh, yeah, I absolutely oh, agree. That I, makes total sense because then you then you see here, like how hard the decisions are to make at that race direction type of thing and knowing where you're at and what you're doing. And, and what, what do you do, John, when people – because you write and announce all your stuff – that pre-play for you as you can get a break in every now and then. When do you start recording those things for the season? Uh, Actually, I should be able to start doing that uh, early next week. They should have all the sponsor stuff finalized and get the script to me, and I'll I'll begin recording those next week uh, for the most part. Now, there are some updates that take place throughout the season, so it's not a one-and-done sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I I do update those throughout the season, but uh, for the most part, the, the the basic outline will be done next week. Yeah. Do you do that right from the motorhome, or do you have a studio somewhere that you can go to, or how does that work for you? No, I actually do it here in the motorhome. I've got a, a mixing board and uh, a program that I use. Uh, so I use Sony Acid uh, for my recordings. Mm. Run it through the mixing board and then render it as an MP3 and send it back to the studio in Charlotte, and then they kind of massage everything and, and get it into place where they can use it in conjunction with the video and, and the big screen and all that sort of thing. Okay, yeah, that's huge. How big has that been, John, since that came about? Uh, just to even give you time to take, you know, give your voice a break on race night. How big has that been? Oh, it's huge. And, uh, you know, again, uh, in the early days when we didn't have the technology to do that, I was doing, um, say we had 28 different sponsor reads and they each had a 30-second ad that needed to be read three times a night. Oh, yeah. And that's... That, 
that's a lot of uh, extra yeah. wear and tear on the voice that, that doesn't really need to happen. Yeah, wow. So when, you, when you're at these races like you are now starting tonight and, and you're not behind the microphone, don't tell me that you've never just wanted to reach over and grab the mic and take over. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Um, you know, it, it actually, I think, also helps me as an announcer to be able to hear other announcers. Maybe uh, maybe I recognize something in somebody else's call that I, I think, hey, I should incorporate more of that. Yes. Or, or, you know, maybe I hear something that somebody else does and I think, hey, I need to watch that. Maybe I do that too often. Mm-hmm. Say the same thing too often. You know, it, it's really nice to be able to to hear other voices and incorporate a little bit of everything and, and try to make my presentation the best that it possibly can be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a great answer. Awesome. You know, we were talking about uh, you're a big Pittsburgh sports fan. Uh, Chad mentioned uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, uh, you're a Steelers fan, a Penguins fan. In fact, um, I owe you a beer. Uh, I think I lost a bet. I think I think that was on the, the hockey game. Uh, but, um, yeah, we might have to keep doing this thing, uh, via text. If you don't mind, I'll yeah, you pretty soon by the time you, you get here in June. Sydney Crosby. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh, for sure. I'm going to go with the Minnesota oh, wild, man. Goodness. Come on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think I only owe you one beer. Don't I? <laughs> yeah. Adam, I think, uh, we, we, it was a, a really good game though. And yeah. I was a little, I was a little disappointed because, uh, you know, as a, as a Penguins fan, that was one of the games that Mark Andre Fleury was not playing for the Wild. So yeah, didn't get to see him in net against the Penguins. But, mm-hmm. uh, right, yeah. the flower. There yeah, you go, the flower. You know, I can remember um, uh, watching Sid Crosby here at the World Juniors. Yeah. Uh, he was here that year. I announced like sixteen games that year. Uh, he was uh, here, uh, Team Canada. Also, Ovechkin was here yeah. with uh, the Russian team. Yeah, he told me that. And that uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, boy, that was that was really fun. Those guys were just kids. You right. know, I mean, well, under 20, 20 and under or whatever. Right. But, um, man, that was that was a long time ago. You look at Ovechkin now, and he's got the gray hair, and, and boy. Yeah. Um, big Pittsburgh Steeler I, fan, I, too. I will say this about, about Grand Forks hockey. Um, when I lived in Minnesota, I did have the opportunity one winter to come up and, and take in a UND game. And, oh. and boy, the, the atmosphere is just absolutely unbelievable. And, of course, the Ralph. Yeah, puts a lot of the NHL arenas to shame. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Oh, it's amazing. It? It's crazy to have that one spot here. I'd say almost in the middle of nowhere in Grand Forks, North Dakota, having that one arena is pretty iconic. Same with same with the Speedway. The Speedway is iconic as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, how many tracks have you been to, Johnny, in your career? Uh, we're closing in on four hundred. Actually, if you <laughs> a second, I, can, I can look up the exact number because I have it on uh, my phone here. Let's see. I have been to. Oh, geez. Uh, Drum roll, please. Three hundred ninety-five different racetracks. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And and that is in how many states? How many countries? How many continents? Uh, you've been all over the world for dirt track racing. Countries: United States, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, I think I've been to racetracks in forty-three out of the fifty states. Wow! Wow! And uh, yeah, I, and uh, there there is a slight chance I might be able to sneak in a new one next week before we get started here. There is a, a track here in Florida, actually just down the road from uh, Ocala Speedway or Bubba Raceway Park. Oh, sure. Called Marion County Speedway that mm-hmm. I didn't even know existed. Okay. And I saw an ad they're running micro sprints starting next week, so I might sneak over there for an Oh, how oh, cool. Yeah. And you know, the how thing cool. is, uh, the seven states you haven't been to, they probably don't even have a racetrack there anyway. Right. <laughs> you know? Possible. Very possible. <laughs> Johnny, I, hey, quick. I think there's only one 
state that doesn't currently have an active racetrack, and that's Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Okay. Right, that's, you know, I get that. Yeah. Um, when you, John was just talking about it too, watching how he's watched these kids grow up from hockey. You've been announcing a long time. You know, you've seen these drivers now, the Donnie Shots, the Houghton Shields, those guys grow up as people. How cool is that to watch in person? It, it's very cool. And now I'm kind of seeing the other side of it because I'm, I'm seeing kids and in some cases grandkids of people that yeah. I called when I first started being yeah. out here raising sprint cars. So that, 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 that's really a cool experience to see the generational progression of our sport. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, now we talk about all these different racetracks. Um, I know you're quoted. I know we use the quote up here, river city speedway. As, weekly. Um, yeah. Weekly as uh, <laughs> this being your favorite racetrack, but um is it really your favorite racetrack, or, or or was it really hard to pick from? Because people will ask me, and you could probably attest to this too, Johnny. Who's your favorite band? I don't really, I can't really say I have right, one, right? But I can name you my top ten, you know, or something like that. But yep. um, uh, you really so dig River City, like that with racetracks. But my thing about River City Speedway, the thing that makes it my favorite is, though not every race there that I've seen has been amazing. There have been very few, if any, bad ones. And, and yeah. that's the thing where, where it keeps it at the top of my list. There, there are some tracks that I've seen spectacular races, but I've also seen some, some stinkers along the way. Sure. And River Cities is the one that just seems like so consistently puts on a good race. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, um, I have never, I've, I've been to the World of Outlaws when they ran on a half-mile track uh, south of us here. Yep. Um, it was some of the most boring racing I think I've ever seen. I think the, the, the difference, time difference between first through fifth was probably five, six seconds, something like that. Sure. When you come here to the bull ring, it's a lot different. Like you said, a lot closer racing. Is it, Do you favor the bigger tracks, Johnny, the smaller tracks, or, or doesn't I, matter, racing's racing? I am racing. a small track guy. I am definitely, uh, you know, quarter mile, third mile. Um my thing is not so much circumference or the distance around the track. I like wide race tracks where hmm. there's room to maneuver, room sure. through a nice slider. And that's the other thing that I really like about River City Speedway, though it's only a quarter mile in, in circumference, it's like 90 feet wide. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's huge. And, and it's got a big parking lot for your motorhome. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know um a lot of things people don't know about you johnny uh obviously being the sports fan uh, a pittsburgh guy um and, and we had talked a little bit about this before and we've talked about it i didn't even know it until i visited you in your motorhome a couple of years ago but um you're quite musically uh talented too aren't you about that i Half good, and that kind of has, has gotten me by. But, yeah, um, back in the day, we're talking uh, mid-'80s from the time I started college until, uh, you know, the late-1990s when I began working for the World of Outlaws. I actually played in bands that whole time. In yeah. fact, for uh, a few years there, I was, uh, you know, somewhat of a professional musician. I say that because... It was kind of my only job. I didn't really have a, a, a real job, but it was a, a big-time struggle to make any money. But, man, I had a lot of fun doing it. I right. uh, played in uh, several bands that we did uh, all original material or mostly original material. I actually uh, played for a little bit in a band that had a record deal with MCA, although I did not record with them. They had the album done by the time I joined the band. Um, so I, I got to experience a lot, and... And I still keep up with it. Now, back in those days, I was a drummer. I played drums. Oh. 
But when I started traveling with the World of Outlaws, I bought a guitar and basically taught myself to play because it's obviously a, a lot easier to carry yeah. around a guitar than a set of drums. <laughs> That's so, so how many guitars uh, adore your motorhome right now? Um, actually, I've, I've actually just cut it back even more. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend recently purchased a house, so I don't have to carry around everything I own with yeah, me yeah. all the time. <laughs> so I put, uh, I put three more guitars at her place. So right now I have my electric and three acoustics on the road with me. Um, when I moved from the apartment and got the motorhome for the first time, I had to pare down from 12 to 7 guitars. <laughs> wow. Wow. The, the guitars have their own room, John. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's nice. Uh, boy, I tell you what, we've got uh, some people uh, texting us right now that, yeah. that normally don't text. Uh, the greatest race car voice, love Johnny. Uh, go, Sue. Yeah, Sue. Nice shout out, Johnny. Uh, lots yeah. of people watching. Bill Olson, Arizona. Uh, there we go. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, is. Can anybody find any of your music if they dug deep enough on social media, John, or is it, is it all hidden away in a vault somewhere? No, actually, uh, about five years ago, uh, one off-season I was back in Pittsburgh, I actually caught up with some of the guys I used to play with and uh, had a chance to record a couple of songs that I had written while I was on the road. So uh, if you dig on SoundCloud, and I believe it's under Johnny Gibson on SoundCloud, but there, there are a couple of original songs there that I recorded at Tonic Studios in Pittsburgh about five years ago. Okay, because oh, wow. I, I think you showed me that when we were in your motorhome a couple of years back. If I remember um, right. Yeah, I, I might have. I, I honestly, I, I hardly even, uh, you know, sometimes I even forget that, it, that it's on there. I put it up right after I recorded it. But uh, I don't think that part of me is, is done yet either. I think at some point I'll go back and maybe do a little bit more recording. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the other thing I've had a chance to do the last couple of years at the Jackson Nationals at Jackson Motorplex, I've gotten to sit in with the Jeremy DeWall band. They used to oh, play wow. after the races. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten to sit in with those guys uh, a couple of times. Wow. That's awesome. You know, rumor has it, uh, when they come up here in June, we'll talk about this a little more later, rumor has it Johnny might bring the guitar with him in the studio yeah. here, so we'll talk about that. There we go. Uh, Johnny Gibson, World of Outlaws, Sprint Car Announcer, is our guest today on a Dirty Thursday. Let's just take a quick little time out. I know Johnny's hurting for time here, too, because he's got to go to work later on, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Valvoline Instant Oil Change. You know, life doesn't ever seem to slow down. Everybody Everybody's in a hurry. Everything needs to be done like a month ago. Same with oil changes. Most are done at Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 15, 20 minutes. That's about as much time as I spend there. Uh, also, they're going to chop off your fluids. They're going to check your tires, battery, lights, wipers, your cabin air filter. They'll give you a discount if you want a fleet or if you're in the military. And they can even do like tranny and coolant flushes too. Uh, they'll text it in and uh, email invoices and coupons. And if you mention us, Grand Fork's best source, They'll drop $10 off your oil change. Pickup and deliveries available in Grand Forks, too. Hey, for a complete oil change and more, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 3325 South 38th Street, or call 701-780-8462. And again, make sure you tell them Grand Forks' best source sent you. Johnny Gibson, World of Outlaw, Sprint Car Announcer. Schedule's been released. John, uh, you guys will be back. Let's see here the... Um, It'll be June 7th, the Don Mack Classic. Of course, uh, Don passed away here recently, Donnie. Yes. Um, your memories of Donnie Mack, John? Oh, man, um, just fantastic memories. And that goes from before I even set foot in Grand Forks for the mm. first time, back when the World of Outlaws would do the three-day show down at the Red River Valley Speedway in yeah. Fargo. And Don was the promoter there. I, I actually got introduced to Don by Ted Johnson. So uh, you know, a couple oh, wow. of the iconic figures in yeah. the sport of sprint car racing. 
uh, Ted when I was a very young man. In fact, I met Don before I even started announcing. I was just selling programs for the World of Outlaws the first year and a half I worked for the series. I had never had a microphone in my hand, and I met Don Mack before I ever announced my first World of Outlaws race. Wow, oh, that, that's wow. a great story. Um, you know, of, of all the Macs, because there's like 900 of them that have raced sprint cars, <laughs> of all the Macs I've tried to get on this show, the one I figured would never come on this show was Donnie. And when Donnie was on the show, it was probably one of the best Dirty Thursday shows we've ever had. We were going to plan it on bringing him back this year, but um, man, rest in peace, Don Mack. What a great guy. Uh, I wonder what there's some very cool background info. Uh, yeah. how do you, okay, we're going to get to that, too. Uh, we got some questions uh, from Jason Berg. You probably know Jason, too. But um, um, now this whole new thing, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, the High Limit Sprint Car Series, 50 races, blah, blah, blah. Is, is this going to, and I don't mean the blah, 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 but... right. How is this, and will this affect the world of all laws? Sure, if I get, there's a, an answer for that yet. Uh, you know, all I can say is the the world of outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, will continue yeah. to be the industry leader in providing entertainment for race fans uh, across the country and around the world. Uh, again, this is you know this is not something that's going to to change the way we do business. We're going to keep doing what we do. Uh, it's something that, uh, as a World of Outlaws employee since 1997, I've been through a couple of times in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, we just keep our head down doing our thing. Yeah. And then, you know, when uh, when it's all said and done, I think the World of Outlaws will still be the greatest show on dirt. Sure, because, you know, you've got people that are calling it a split, almost like a divorce, you know. Um, like you said, this has happened before. Yeah. But you guys keep plugging away. And every year we've got the world of all laws back. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Twice, twice the summer too. Yeah. I think I agree with John. Like you put your head down to the grindstone, you're going to do your job, and at the end of the day, you're going to have Dirt Visions coming off with World of Outlaws as your premier show. Um, so I'm not. I, there's obviously controversy and everything else going on with this, Johnny. But I, I think you're hundred percent on the right hunt. Hit nail on the head, man. Actually, absolutely. Um, hey, do you ever suffer from burnout? I mean, I'm looking at your schedule. Uh, the schedule's out 86 nights, 41 tracks, 19 states. You guys crisscross the United States how many times? Does Johnny Gibson ever burn out? Because I, in a million years, couldn't imagine you do. Like uh, other jobs where maybe there there are nights where things don't go exactly your way or you have some technical difficulties or maybe you've gotten very little sleep because it's been a five-hour drive and the race the night before ran long. But, but when it's all said and done, and I say this all the time and people have heard me say this for years, but it, it's no less true. I am the luckiest sprint car fan in the world. I, I go to races. You know, you guys know this. I go to races on my off nights to yeah. just sit yep. in the stands yeah. and watch sprint car racing. So I am the luckiest sprint car fan in the world. I get to watch the greatest drivers in the world do their thing night in and night out, and I get to talk about it. So, uh, I, again, I you know, whether or not there are times where it, 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 it can wear on you, bottom line is I've got the best job in the world, and I can't imagine – wanting to do anything else to try to make a living. Yeah. So, okay, how about this for a question then, Johnny? The greatest voice on dirt, when you show up at a racetrack and you just want to go spectate and kind of hang back in the weeds a little bit, uh, do people mob you like you're a rock star? Oh, I I wouldn't say that, no. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there there is some level of recognition there, but... uh, you know, it, it, it is nowhere near what uh, a real celebrity would have to deal with. And, and you know, in, in a lot of ways, I'm kind of thankful for that. Um, you know, I, uh, I'll go back to uh, 
I, I came to North Dakota um, when the Schatz family was running Red River Valley Speedway. Yep. When they had Tony Stewart in for a Tony Stewart night, and he, and he ran a late model. And to watch what he went through with the fans who basically you know, wanted to get a piece of him in whatever way they could, whether it was an autograph or to, to, to talk to him or just to, you know, to, to touch his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and to see what uh, somebody like that deals with day in and day out um you know i i i probably wouldn't want to go through it i mean it, it is it, it is harrowing to see what some people are willing to do to meet their favorite celebrity yeah so uh thankfully i don't really have to deal with the with anything near that level i bet you though when you show up at a racetrack as a spectator you uh don't have to buy too many beers for yourself or food <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know about that <laughs> Uh, getting back to this, to this, um, uh, when we're talking about the uh, the new high limit sprint series, um, um, Jeff Liebrich, uh says it's a win win for both series. Late model series have been and have been doing it for a few decades. More exposure for top level sprint car racing. Uh, Kelly O'Hara, good morning, boys. Josh Johnson, I was lucky enough to attend the last show at Devil's Bowl. Johnny, do you think the finish at the event couldn't have been scripted any better than the last show at the Devil's Bowl? Oh man, that you know when when it's all said and done, you know we we said goodbye to an iconic venue and and really the birthplace of the world of outlaws. So uh, I mean the you know the crowd we had there that night and and the atmosphere and the people that have been part of the world of outlaws throughout history that were able to come back. Um, I you know I think it went you know pretty much perfectly. It, it was a fantastic way to send off one of the sport's most iconic venues. Yeah. That's great. Hey, hey when you, with all the tracks and the thousands of races that have you have been to, and, and we talk about burnout and certain things happening, um, have you ever had one of those nights, like we call this the blackout night. I was doing a hockey game one night when all of a sudden all the lights in the arena went out and stayed out. It was so bad people couldn't see to get out the door. We sat there for a half hour in the dark waiting to figure out what was going on. Uh, here it was a big, uh, one of the Transformers had blown down the highway a little bit, but um, they actually had to drive a police car out in the middle of the ice uh, to, to get a spotlight to, so he could shine around so people could actually see. But have you ever had one of those nights where it was just like, oh my goodness, what else could happen where it, it's something that will n- you'll never forget? Right. Sure, I mean... I- happened several times throughout my career i mean when you talk about the lights going out it happened to us at cottage grove oregon uh, my first year working for the world of outlaws in the middle of the feature all of a sudden the entire place goes black while the cars are on the track under power and we got so lucky that there were no crashes nobody you know got into each other everybody was able to get the car stopped but uh you know the lights going out at the facility or power failures in the booth or the timing and scoring stops working i mean that's that's part of dealing with technology. Occasionally sure. there are breakdowns and, and you, you, you find a way to improvise and work your way around it and, and, and try to keep the program going. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Scott wants to know what's the greatest race you've called when and where? Way too many to, to <laughs> in particular. I, I, I will say there is a moment, and it's not necessarily a race call, but a moment that will always stand out to me. And that was being able to be on the microphone at Eldora Speedway when Brad Doty got back in the restored oh. Coors Light number 18 and yeah. paced the field for the Kings Royal. 
I, I was very, very fortunate to be part of that because growing up, Brad was one of my favorite race car drivers. And, and now that I've been in the industry and, and gotten to know Brad, I consider him a friend. We, we talk on the phone, we text back and forth. And so to be able to be there and be part of that, especially at such a, an early point in my career, that was one of the first real defining moments, I think, of my career as a World of Outlaws announcer. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially around here, Johnny, don't just think of you as Johnny Gibson, World of Outlaw announcer. Uh, We just got this from Kaylee Elizabeth, just finally joined, so I don't know if it's been talked about, but we love when Johnny has came to announce the kart races. Kenna got to do the four-wide salute with him announcing. Very, very cool for those kids to experience that. That also was the night she got ran over in one of the heats and was done racing. But once she learned she had the opportunity to do that, she hopped it and went out uh, because she knew you were going to be there. Uh, Great memory for us all. Um, You know, when I talk about you getting mobbed at a racetrack, um, you know, these kids, for sure, man, you are rock star status when you show up at a go-kart track like you do at Forks Karting. It's, it's something that, you know, if there is any way that I can kind of give back to the to the sport that's allowed me to make a living for the last nearly 30 years, and, and especially for the kids, you know, the, it, it, is, it is cool for me to be able to go over there and, and, and read the lineups for the upcoming races and, and, and see so many names that I recognize. And again, we talked about the, the generational thing in sprint car racing, but so many names that I recognize from sprint car action at River City Speedway to see that next generation coming up in the carts at uh, at River City's karting. Um, so again, I'm, I'm happy to be able to do it. Uh, unfortunately, I really didn't get to do it last year. I went over the Wednesday night before the June show, and I, just as we were about to get started with the features, the rain started to come down and we got rained out. And now... The, the second visit in September, or in uh, August rather, has been pushed back the last couple of years. So by the time we get there, yeah. the karting season is done. So I only really get one opportunity. So that, that's why I try really hard to, to kind of put in some heavy miles to get there for Wednesday night before the, the show in June so I can get over to the kart track. That is sure, so cool. Sure. And we appreciate that, John, immensely because these kids, well, we it's happened probably two years ago, I think it happened. We did that for the first time. Yeah. I think you did it. And it's still, to this day, that's what they talk about consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So All the time. We 100% appreciate that for you doing that for us here in Grand Forks. For hey, sure. um, Mike Speaker from uh, Speaker Promotions, what does your pre-race homework prep look like? I've always been impressed how you can rattle off stats for drivers, especially the non-outlaws during qualifying. How do you keep all those stats and results? Basically, I put together a spreadsheet for each race night. So it, you know, the when I talk about having the greatest job in the world, the, you know, the the part where I'm on the mic and and talking and uh, you know calling the races that that's fun. I, I that is enjoyable. I think where I earn my money or you know the the part of it that's maybe more of a grind is the the time that I spend here in the motorhome staring at a computer screen yeah. going through race results and track point standings and 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 making phone calls and texts to find out uh, you know is this guy planning on racing with us uh, or you know, where where is he at in the local point standings what's his best finish this season how many career wins here that that sort of thing it it all goes into an excel spreadsheet that I that I pare down on race day based on the entries but uh, I would say and, and this will vary a lot, especially depending on the time of year, but anywhere from four to nine hours worth of homework for each race, you know, preparation yeah. leading up to the sure. race. Um, 
more time spent at the beginning of the year when everything's fresh, where I, mm-hmm. I don't have a, a, a you know a, a solid background for the season. A little less time as we get to the end of the year, yeah. where I basically just have to go through an update. You know, I, I have when we race at Grand Forks in June, I have the stats up till then, and then when we come back in August, I just have to update those stats. I don't really have to start from scratch. All right, got a couple of more questions. What was your one of your favorite races you got to call at River City Speedway? Uh, oh man, the he's uh, wondered about the, the Shewhart finish race there with the you know the you know Kyle Larson yeah. and Shewhart. That <laughs> that was amazing. Um, the you know, the night that we set the track record there when it had rained and we yep. had that long delay and then, yeah. and, and Jason Myers went out and went the, you know that incredible nine two and and you know they're just. You know, again, so many cool races there. It's really hard to, to single out one. I just, I, I enjoy my time there immensely. I remember uh, a few years back when it was uh, Steve Kinzer, I think, going out of with Donnie Schatz. And these guys had traded the lead like 50 times in that feature. And I think Donnie won, and I think Steve got second. But the thing is with Steve Kinzer, he'd come out of the car, and right away one of his mechanics would hand him a cigarette. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and he'd smoke this. He was so winded. His he was his hands were down on his knees. He was trying to catch his breath after he got out of the car, and the guy came with a cigarette, and he went, "Like I don't want it. And no, I don't want it." So um, you know he got his work um, yeah. in, in that day. Um, Jordan Adams wants to know who's Johnny's twenty twenty four preseason favorite to that's win a, the World of Outlaw. That's Champions. a big question. Yeah, big they, question. That's like loaded. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, you know, right now I would say. You know, you're, you're looking at, at three drivers probably battling for the championship, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, and Donnie Schatz. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, you know, we, we know about Donnie's struggles the last few years, but I don't think you can ever count him out as a championship contender. Um, I would say probably David Gravel is the favorite. But again, Sheldon Hodenshield, Logan Schuhart, it, it, it's going to be a fantastic year. And, and what what I can hope for more than anything is that it goes right down to the wire yes. and we don't decide the champion until the final night yeah. of the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's awesome. Yeah. That would be huge. All right. You got anything more for him? I know he's got to get to work here. I'm just, I'm just sitting here enjoying this right now, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, I, I want to just another shout-out of appreciation, Johnny, to you. I always come and say hi to you, and I give you a fist bump. And I take, you know, I know you're a busy man. I say, you know, good luck tonight. And, Man, I appreciate everything you do for the sport and always taking time, even since when you and I met back in Minot, North Dakota. You've always been friendship to me, and I appreciate that very much, sir. You're awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. It, it's, it's my pleasure to come on the show, and I, I, I am going to kind of give you guys a little a parting shot here and make you a little bit jealous and tell you that it's actually getting really hot in the motorhome because I have to turn off the air conditioner when I'm doing a Zoom call because it makes a little too much noise. And so it's, it's, about, it's, it's about 79 degrees outside right now, so uh, when, when we're done here, I'm going to turn the AC back on and, and get it cooled off in here again. You, you know, You're horrible, right? You know, we're, we're, not, we're not regulated by the FCC here johnny so we can reply to you any way we want <laughs> hey man safe travels uh it's gonna be fun to watch you again we'll be watching you uh, yes. and um and we'll be seeing you in june when you guys come up here for the don mac classic uh make sure you bring your guitar we'll be talking before then but we'll get you in here uh and we'll get you some red pepper when you get here too how's that sound 
Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy coming on Dirty Thursday. And, uh, again, look forward to seeing you in person in June. Awesome. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. How about that? Thank Um, you, guys. There you go. John Gibson. uh, I love him. Yeah, it's fun. And, and, you know, it it just kind of came to me because we usually kind of go out of, you know, we do different things in the winter during the off season. And I thought, you know what, let's start talking to some of these guys that we normally talk to in the race season and and see what things are going on, you know, when they're down in Florida in the winter, yeah. and we're up here freezing our ass off and things like that. <laughs> yeah, so. he's turning on the AC right now. Yeah, yeah that's what he on said. The AC. <laughs> um, I am actually starting to sweat in here just a little bit. What a so. great show this yeah, was, man. Yeah. Uh, a great show. And again, thanks to uh, John Gibson, and, and thank you to the other half of the Boring yeah. Boys, Chad Hoff. Uh, and thanks to Rumors Sports Bar and Casino here in the Grand City Mall. You know, they got that big inaugural sports memorabilia jamboree coming up Saturday, February 3rd. They're only selling 200 tickets. Now, this is a big deal. The tickets and include all-you-can-eat buffet. They'll give you 10 tickets for all these incredible drawings that they have with tons of prizes. There's all kinds of autographed jerseys that are already framed and more. Uh, 25 bucks will get you unlimited pounders all day. Go oh. into rumor. Yeah, uh, go got in, my attention. Yeah. <laughs> go into rumor sports bar and casino. Ask any of your server for more information. Um, all of you people that have been texting us, I know I didn't get to uh, all of you and, and get to answer all of you, but um, thank you guys. We sure yeah. appreciate it because 100%. it's you, the fans, that make this show what it is. Uh, don't forget seven dollar sandwich in the side today at Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. Go wash it down with the world famous beer tower. Uh, by the way, next week. Uh, we're going to be doing some ice racing stuff. Lake Cameron Ice Racers and Mod Pilots, Tyler Scow and Logan Bauer are going to be in the studio. That should be fun. That'd be good. Uh, let's see. What do we got going on? Oh, probably the best local sports podcast ever is tonight at 630. Check it out. It's called Fork Sports Highway with Monty and Bill and, and, and Raven and all of those people. Yes. Uh, what a great show. I will catch you tomorrow, everybody. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way. The Grand Cities are awesome. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.